Hey everyone, welcome to episode 60 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And this week it is going to be hopefully less than 30 with Randy and Danny. Um, <laughs> we'll do our best. So unfortunately, today will mark the end of our summer series. Sad to see it come to a close. But I cannot tell you how excited I am that our final guest speaker this week is and was Danny Howell. And he's here today in the studio. And, you know, I've known Danny and been a student of his unique insight via Bible study classes here at the church, at his home. His personality perspectives are unlike any I've ever run into before. And that's a compliment. It's always an enjoyment. But before we begin and we start this conversation, last week our episode was entitled I Am Just a Nurse, which featured special guest speaker Cheryl Dodds. And we reminisced about God needing our prayers and that he also needs to nudge us at times. On occasion, they aren't always exactly as we'd hope they'd be, those nudges, but they are always what he, and for those that he puts in our path, need them to be. One of my favorite conversations so far here on the podcast, so I'd encourage you to go back and listen if you haven't already, and you can do that on the website or in the Florida Hospital Church mobile app. Now, to get started on this week, our run of Midwestern roots and things in common with yours truly has once again revealed itself, which was something that I already knew in this case. Danny has spent many years in Wisconsin, as have I, as well as at an academy that I know well, Wisconsin Academy, which was part of the message this week. And one final note is that please forgive us when we run just a little bit longer than usual today and do stay till the very end for a story that you simply cannot miss and on which the entire message hinges. So stay tuned to the very end. So Danny, so good to have you. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. And this is your first podcast. Absolutely. I can't imagine that. But the title of your message was, What Does It Mean for God to Direct Our Path? And the kind of the outline read, when we reach a fork in the road, is there only one way to go? Is God's plan for our lives set in stone, or do we, with God's guidance, create the future together? How cool is that? We will explore those questions by recalling God's leading in the past. And if anyone has ever met you, they know that you are by default, a storyteller. Your message was exactly what I expected, except for the number of stories you were able to put into into that message. And you started us off with a peek into your early childhood and the fact that you weren't raised in a Christian family. And I found it interesting personally because I was raised in a Christian home, an Adventist Christian home. And I, like you, felt the same way that your description of your feelings of wanting to be anywhere but church upon your first arrival. And yet here we are both today. Why does God, why does God continually pursue us? Why doesn't he just say the heck with Danny and Randy? Why, why do you think that is? Why does he pursue us? That's a tough question that I think followers of Jesus have tried to answer through the ages. I like C.S. Lewis's description of God as being the hound of heaven. And for some reason, he just pursues. Even when you read the opening pages of Genesis, after Adam and Eve sinned, God's first words to them is, where are you? He is searching. And that's just God's character to search for us. You also began as all of these messages are wrapped around faith in the workplace. And we've all been down that path that maybe isn't clear oftentimes and even more times less appealing than we would like them to be when we look at our careers. And these paths run the gamut of situations and emotions. But for many of us, the dreaded career path of doom can lead to some some of the darkest days of our lives. Mm-hmm. You went from wondering, 
kind of a paraphrase, what in the heck am I doing selling encyclopedias, which later turn into selling Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. Right. As a Jesus follower, a successful entrepreneur, how do you hold on when your current career has no light at the end of the tunnel? And you're just in that dark place, you're in the Job experience, and everyone around you is going, what are you doing? And you're going, what am I doing? How do you hold on through all of that? Your stories, the journey that Danny took us on was amazing. How did you get through that whole thing before you find yourself where God put you? Well, first of all, I think you have to look back and see how God has led in the past. When you get to a seeming blank wall or... When God seems to be quiet and not answering as he has in the past, I think you just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep on plugging. I think God has not called us to be successful, but to be faithful. And that's a challenge. Uh, I like to (laughs) quote the great theologian Woody Allen, who suggests that 80% of life is just showing up. And I believe that marriage, following Jesus, having faith in the workplace— is just showing up. And a lot of times you don't realize God's leading until you look back. And that's really sometimes in that valley when you just don't see any other any other option or exactly. any other way or you don't hear anything. And I wanted to ask you, just like we asked Cheryl and I talked to Jeff about this and Molly, because each of the stories of people that had some amazing stories, all four of you, had some amazing stories of God leading specifically in your lives. Now, I don't remember hearing anything specifically where you said, other than when you kind of threw out the challenge to God, if the principal comes and says this, then I know what I'm supposed to do, but then they walk away and there's no answer. Right. Is there been a time when you said, that's God? No ifs, ands, or buts about it, that's God. And if so, how did you how did you come to that or how did you get yourself into a position to hear it, understand it, and be confident in it? I don't know how you get yourself in a position. I think it just happens. Okay. Um, when I sat in the worship room and I listened to a speaker at Andrews University and he was looking for people to come and sell books, it was one of those moments where there was absolutely no doubt in my mind, like I said in the sermon – I see God in sitting in heaven with a big smile on his face and he reaches down and taps me on the shoulder and says, remember Cobo Hall. Yeah. And immediately I knew, I mean, it was truly a God moment because it was God months in advance, maybe a half a year, maybe nine months making a statement through a fellow that had no idea what he was really saying. I don't think, but I think he ended up knowing. <laughs> anyway, it just, it, it was just God smiling and tapping me and saying, and, and I, yes, I knew then it was God. And you knew he had no doubt. No doubts. And you don't, you look back on it now and you still say, yep. Yep. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. Well, that's excellent because I think that's part of what many people are looking for is just the silent tap on the shoulder. And we've talked about listening, which we're probably not very good at being quiet long enough to listen or to hear. And those things all become challenges. But I really liked what you said, and again, this is a paraphrase, a Danny paraphrase, but you basically said, I had no money, no plans. I never thought that would happen, but I headed back to Andrews University, and I ran head-on into Jesus, and he changed my life. 
Now, if you're listening and you haven't heard Danny's message yet, please take a moment, press pause, and catch the details of all that was happening at this time in Danny's life and in Jody's life and their family to make this date with Jesus possible. It's just simply amazing. And out of all the things you said and the stories that you told, all, again, very engaging. And, again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those mess- to the message and just follow this journey of Danny's for yourself. But it's it's something that I felt that we really shouldn't miss because – Our lives, ourselves, our world challenges us every minute of every day, and we often just become overcome with stuff from every direction, and we can miss those moments where, and he changed my life. What does Danny's life look like today without that moment where you ran head on into Jesus? It's interesting that all of the major decisions for the remainder of my life flowed out of that decision. Right. It wasn't long after that before I met Jody. And after a very short period of time of dating, I realized this was an incredibly godly woman and this was the woman that I needed to spend my life with. And then out of that flowed what I began to do. You know, first of all, selling books, then selling ideas as a teacher. And then eventually, even though it was selling on the secular side of things, selling old Chevy car parts. And so all of those decisions flowed out of that initial one. I mean, I could have sold car parts without God. Sure. But it would have been meaningless and not nearly as significant. Right. And so it isn't that you can't exist without believing in God, but certainly following him, it's added value, meaning, depth, significance to everything we've done. You've never considered taking on this secular role without him, right? Um, I think that would be an unfair evaluation because if you've been at this church long, you will have heard me tell the story of my actually walking out the back door of the church in 1981. And I began to devote myself without God absolutely and totally to making a fortune. And I lost that fortune about eight years later, and it knocked me flat on my rear. And it's amazing when you're sitting flat on your back, you have a tendency to look up. (laughs) And I've often looked back at that massive loss and said it was one of the greatest gifts that God had ever given me. So I wondered, but like the prodigal God I mean, not the prodigal son, but the prodigal God, yeah. he continued to pursue and constantly was hollering, hollering and whispering, Danny, where are you? Just like he did to Adam and Eve. Where are you? So that's another part. I was hoping that that was going to be the answer that you that you gave me there, because I also want people to realize that just because now you, you could watch your sermon when without that piece of it, you could say, well, sure, sure. It's, it's easy for Danny because you know, all this stuff kind of fell into place. And yeah, there was challenges. But now look at Danny. He's here preaching and we look at, you know, we see the outside appearances, but we don't always hear about the detours. And like yourself, I took a long detour in the same way. Mm-hmm. And yet again, here we are sitting here today discussing and trying to maybe impart just a little bit of knowledge from where we took left turns where maybe we should have took right turns or vice versa. But just that it's never too late to just not give up and just stay right. the course. Like you talked about, put one foot in front of the other and just keep going and, and rely on your friends. And we're going to get to that, how you can rely on your church family and your other family 
to lift you up and to lift people up that you care about. So we'll we'll get to that here shortly. But as we started to talk about, you know, all this communication and listening and how that's the backbone of any relationship. And I just did want to tell everyone, congratulations to Danny and Jody that they'll be upcoming on their 46th wedding anniversary. Yep. And or as I would like to call it, nuptials awareness day. And if you think it's funny, just wait until your awareness fails. So just keep that in mind as you all go about your daily things. Put it in the calendar, write a note, stick a string on your finger, something. You're among a handful of people that I know personally that likes to talk as much or more than I do. And given that propensity for the gab, how does Danny listen and know that it's God talking. How do you get yourself in a place? Do you have a ritual? Is it is it study time? Is it riding in your classic Chevy with the windows down? I just just curious. Um, I've often said that I learned first to love God with my mind. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was out of the church, the hardest challenge to overcome was refinding God, not with my heart, but with my mind. And um, so I'm a real ardent student of reading. And study. So I usually arise somewhere between five and six in the morning because I'm my own businessman. I don't have to be to work at a specific time. (laughs) I tend to work later. And so I try to spend a minimum of two hours every morning. My wife's a night owl. I'm an early bird. The house is quiet. And I, you know, have a, a cup of coffee and I sit with, you know, worship and book reading first. And then I read the Wall Street Journal and other things that have interest to me. And I try to do that. I try very conscientiously to do that, but, you know, at least two hours a day. Wow. Well, that's that's a flipped version of our house. I'm the night owl and Heather is the early bird. So she's up at 430 in the morning doing work. Wow. And I'm up until 2.30, 3.30 doing work <laughs> at night. So sometimes our paths, we have to make time to make them cross earlier right. than that. <laughs> but that's a discipline that can be difficult for people But when you find yourself coming back and you find yourself finding, like you said, the heart wasn't the problem. It was just getting the mind back engaged. If you don't exercise that part, it's not going to happen, right? Right. I mean, you you have to do that. I really liked the Gary Thomas quote that you gave in the message saying, Christianity does not direct us to focus on finding the right person. It calls us to become the right person. Now, we could stop right there and let that sink in and ponder for a week or two. But that leads us into the closing story today. That you told, that is one of those, if you forget everything else I say, please don't forget this. And we can pontificate, we can deduce, we can pray, and we can even guess about what God really wants from us. But it's all for nothing if there's no action. And that action has to be based in love. And your story about Ricky is really where the rubber meets the road for personal and corporate Christianity. It isn't self-congratulatory story, but rather it's an intimate look and what it looks like to embrace and share the love of Jesus with people that we may have nearly zero in common with in a lot of ways. Right. What about that story has just impacted you ongoing and about the way that that unfolded? I don't want you to tell the story necessarily because right. we're going we're gonna to let people listen to that in just a minute. I think it's really critical to make this statement. I have heard Tony Campolo tell the mm-hmm. story many times of Agnes. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that story so many times and often thought, what would I do in a similar circumstance? Right. And it was funny because when Rick called me and we had a short you know, discussion and he asked that odd question, are you a religious person since we'd never talked about Christianity? And 
he said, I need someone to pray for me, I realized immediately it was it was absolutely God this time, not necessarily with a smile on his face, but tapping me on the shoulder and saying, this is where you need to go. And it was remembering what Tony Campolo did and hearing that story. And that's what I think is the power of stories that Tony's story motivated me to engage in a story of my own and to spend time. I was at work, you know, and I, I literally quit work for the next few days to spend, you know, with Rick often wondering what in the world am I doing? And yet realizing (laughs) that his need, his need was, was so strong. And I knew that I knew that's what God needed to have done. That's amazing. Well, Danny, thank you so much. I know it's a it's a short time. It goes really, really fast. But thank you for coming in and uh, and joining us today. And we're going to do something a little bit different that we've never done here before. But I'm going to leave you with Danny's story of Ricky, the chef of Rachel's, a local gentleman's club here in the Orlando area. If your current journey is not clear, if it's a struggle, clear yourself of everything you think you know and focus on the call to become the right person. And with God's guidance, create the future, his future, together. And we're going to leave you with Danny's story. I believe God needs men and women that follow him in all walks and work. Now, I grant you there are some occupations we should not be in. A number of years ago, I did business with a gentleman that happened to be the head chef at Rachel's here in Orlando. Now, Rachel's is a gentleman's club, if you understand what I'm saying. Now, there were some that would have criticized my doing business with a guy that works at Rachel's. And over the years, Ricky and I became great friends as we talked. I I, I gave him a mortgage on a home. And so every month we would meet together and he would give me a stack of bills. They all smelled like smoke. And, uh, And I'd go put them in the bank. And Rick and I, in four or five years, we never talked about, we never talked about religious things. And one day, I got a call from Ricky. It was in the middle of the month. It was unusual for me to hear from him in the middle of the month. And so I picked it up and said, hey, Rick, what's up? He said, Danny, you're a religious guy, aren't you? Now, how do you answer a question like that? I mean, somebody looks at you and says, you're a religious mean, What do you mean by that? I started laughing. I said, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Why, Ricky? He said, because I need somebody to pray for me, and I need somebody to pray for my wife. I said, Rick, what do you mean? Well, my wife has just had a hemorrhage, and she's at the hospital, and they don't know if she's going to live, and, and I need somebody to pray. And I said, Rick, you need more than someone to just pray. Let me come and be with you. So I made my way, of all places, to Florida Hospital. It was literally the week after they just opened one of the brand new wings. And you could look out the window, and you could see our church. And as Rick and I spent a couple of days together, as we faced the challenge of disconnecting his wife from the equipment. We laughed, we cried, we prayed together. And after Joni died, I'll never forget, we're standing in the room and he's just weeping. And he looked at me and he said, Danny, I don't want to just go to some old funeral home. I want to bury my wife in a ceremony, but not in a funeral home. Do you have any ideas? And I looked at him and I said, Rick, I belong to a great church. I took him over to the window and I said, see that? It didn't look like a church, but that's the church that I go to. And I said, I think, I think those people will let you have a funeral in their facility. 
I called up John Mundy real quick and I said, John, you have to understand the people that are going to come to this funeral are not your normal people that go to church. (laughs) And I came over and Andy and John and Jeff all encouraging. They met Ricky and we did a funeral in this room for a man who is the head chef at Rachel's. We fed him, Melanie made a beautiful meal and we fed them. I can still remember it was interesting when the black limousines pulled up and the ladies got out and came in. But they needed a place to be loved on. And this church, this church, my family of people opened their doors. In every walk of life, God needs people that are called by him. And it isn't finding the right job. It's becoming the right person that God has called you to be in the field that you happen to be in. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Amen.